It's time for Weekdays with Wilk. Your daily dose of sports and how it affects the state of Utah. Here's your host, Tanner Wilkinson. Welcome on in. It's Thursday. We're getting there. Weekend's uh, just around the corner. I'm your host, Tanner Wilkinson. This is Weekdays with Wilk. Got a great program for you set up today. Some exciting news uh, that I was not expecting. Uh, and when I announce this, is pro- I'm probably making a bigger deal out of this than it needs to be. And uh, you know what? We'll just talk about it as soon as we finish the rundown. Do you know what a rundown is? Uh, can you get this rundown for me? This rundown better be really good. But it sounds like the rundown is really important. The Los Angeles Clippers' first two-game losing streak of the season is over. Kawhi Leonard had a season-high 36 points, and Lou Williams added 27 off the bench in a 115-107 decision over the Timberwolves. Leonard and Williams both hit shots down the stretch, including a late three-pointer by Leonard. Minnesota star Carl Anthony Towns had 18 points and 10 rebounds in his return to action after missing 13 games due to COVID-19 protocols. Devin Booker scored 30 points, and Chris Paul added 28 in the Suns' fourth win in a row in a 125-124 game over Milwaukee. The Bucks had a 12-point halftime advantage, but the Suns quickly cut it to 79-75 after back-to-back three-pointers for Michael Bridges and Paul. The Bucks ended a five-game winning streak snapped despite getting a season-high 47 points from Giannis Antetokounmpo. LeBron James hit the tying three-pointer late in regulation and broke up the Thunder's final possession in overtime to lead the Lakers to their sixth consecutive victory, 114-113. James had 25 points, seven assists, and six rebounds for the defending NBA champions who survived their third consecutive overtime game. LeBron James had the tying three-pointer late in regulation and broke up the Thunder's final possession in overtime to lead the Lakers to their sixth consecutive victory, 114-113. James had 25 points, seven assists, and six rebounds for the defending NBA champions who survived their third consecutive overtime game. Denver's three-game losing streak is over after Paul Millsap scored a season-high 22 points and Michael Porter Jr. added 19 in a 133-95 thrashing of the Cavaliers. The Nuggets opened a 23-point lead in the first half and saw it balloon to 34 in the third before establishing a season high for scoring. The Nets ended a three-game skid as Kyrie Irving had 35 points and eight assists in a 104-94 victory against the Pacers. Brooklyn led by as many as 36 points and held Indiana under 40 points until midway through the third quarter. Norman Powell scored 28 points and Pascal Siakam added 26 while the Raptors were firing long-range shots in a 137-115 thumping of the Wizards. Seven Raptors hit at least one of the team's 19 three-pointers with Kyle Lowry shooting 5 for 9 while scoring 21 points. Luka Doncic recorded a triple-double of 28 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds for the Mavericks in a 118-117 win over the Hawks. Tim Hardaway Jr. scored 13 of his 16 points in the fourth quarter for Dallas, which trailed by 13 in the second half before winning for the fourth time in five games since a six-game slide. Zach Levine scored a season-high 46 points and supplied nine of the Bulls' franchise record 25 three-pointers in a 129-116 downing of the Pelicans. Kobe White made eight threes and scored 30 points in helping Chicago shoot 25 for 47 from behind the arc. 
Kyle Anderson nailed a career-high six three-pointers and scored 27 points in the Grizzlies' 130-114 trouncing of the Hornets. Dylan Brooks finished with 20 points, while Desmond Bain and Grayson Allen scored 18 each to keep help Memphis end a four-game losing streak. Top 25 men's basketball. Iowa needed a strong performance on Wednesday after dropping four of five to fall out of the top ten. The 15th-ranked Hawkeyes got one against number 25 Rutgers as Joe Wieskamp scored 26 points for the Hawkeyes in a 79-66 victory. Wieskamp had 16 points in the first half and finished with 10 rebounds for his third double-double of the season. National scoring leader Luca Garza missed his first five shots before finishing with 22 points and 10 boards for his ninth double-double of the season. Another top 25 men's basketball action, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was the star in fifth-ranked Villanova's 96-64 pounding of Marquette. Robinson Earl poured in a season-high 27 points on 10 of 11 shooting. He also shot 5 for 5 from three-point range and grabbed eight rebounds for the 13-2 and two Wildcats. Quentin Grimes provided 29 points as 8th-ranked Houston beat South Florida 82-65, spoiling the Bulls' first game in 32 days because of coronavirus interruptions. The Cougars outscored UCF 29-8 rather in the first 9-18 of the half to take a 72-44 lead. Trey Murphy, the third, scored 18 points, and ninth-ranked Virginia closed on a 16-5 run to beat Georgia Tech 57-49. Kihei Clark added 14 points and helped the Cavaliers overcome a 44-41 deficit in the final six and a half minutes. Mississippi pulled off the stunner of the night as Jakari Joyner scored 21 points in an 80-59 romp over number 10 Missouri. Ole Miss used a 17-2 run spanning the two halves to build an insurmountable 51-37 lead. Jaden Springer poured in a career-high 30 points to lead number 16 Tennessee to an 89-81 victory over Georgia. Santiago Viscovi added 19 points, and Josiah Jordan-James had 18 for the 14-4 volunteers. Say that three times fast, Josiah Jordan-James. Jonathan Davis scored 10 points and made a couple big baskets to help number 21 Wisconsin pull away in the second half of a 61-48 stifling of Nebraska. Dimitri Trice... Aleem Ford and Brad Davidson each scored nine points for the Badgers, who won despite shooting just 32% from the field. That is your rundown for this uh, fine Thursday, February 11th. Uh, Some of the best news I've gotten in a while. This Jazz season's been really fun, right? I mean, insanely fun. New ownership, bringing bringing Derek Favors back. The team's fairly healthy. They have the best record in the league. It's the best start in franchise history. They've gained a new fan, and he's a good friend of new owner Ryan Smith's. I'll give you a little hint. He's in the system. I'm in the system. In the system. The system. Michael Pena, who stars in Ant-Man as Paul Rudd's lovable sidekick, Luis. He was at the Jazz game on Tuesday. Like, how cool is that? Uh, I, I've got to, I'll, I'll admit why I'm going with this. I, I'm not, I was not a big fan of the Marvel movies uh, in high school. When we go to my cousin's house, the only two movies I ever remember watching are Captain America, the first Avenger, and the original The Avengers, where uh, the the first out of those movies. And it drove me insane. The Iron Man movies were okay, and I had just seen snippets of them. My brothers really liked those. I come home from my mission, and Ant-Man is one of the first movies I saw. It was it was closer to Christmas time, so it had actually been a while uh, since Ant-Man had come out, but it was still one of the first movies I saw since coming home. Luis won my heart over, man. He is hilarious. Michael Pena does such a great job playing him in this film. And uh, he is apparently really good friends with owners Ryan and Ashley Smith and was at the Jazz game uh, this past week 
So, hey, one more jazz fan to to add to the crew, uh, Ty Burrell, who plays Phil Dunphy on Modern Family, another uh, well-noted jazz fan. So uh, welcome to the family, Lu- our good friend Luis Michael Pena, uh, joining joining Jazz Nation. So that uh, that I know that's such a silly small thing, but it really made my day. I mean, he's my favorite character in all these Marvel movies, and now that I really love this, this universe and this franchise, uh, it's cool that he's the reason behind that, and he is apparently uh, a jazz fan now. So... Uh, some interesting news coming out of the NFL. Houston Texans president Jamie Roots ended up resigning. He was with the team for 20 years. He was hired back in 2000 as Houston began to prepare for their expansion season in 2002. Uh, the Texans are kind of in shambles right now. And I know they say they don't want to trade Deshaun Watson, but I think you kind of have to. And are they the new Browns? Are they the new Bills? I just, I'm not 100% sure what to think about the Texans. I don't think J.J. Watt's coming back. And him and Deshaun, clearly they're two best players. So mm, you've given away a lot of draft picks over the years for deals that haven't worked out. You haven't been able to get good draft picks back in moving guys. As a Cardinals fan, I still can't believe we got DeAndre Hopkins for as cheap as we did. Um, where's Deshaun Watson ends up going? Um, I think Washington's a really good fit for him. I actually think Dallas would be a really good fit, but unlikely. New Orleans would be a good fit, but unlikely. Indianapolis would be a good fit. Almost impossible that he gets traded to a division rival. Um, so, yeah, I like Washington. I really like potentially uh, – oh, there was another team I was thinking about earlier that he'd be a really good fit in. He's got options. He's that good of a quarterback. He's going to fit in just about you know wherever he ends up. Uh, potentially, you know, Pittsburgh might be if they're willing to give up on Big Bag and, and go all in, which I think would be a smart thing. Uh, that would be really good. But I think Washington might be his best fit overall. Um, I really, really would like to see him in a Washington football team uniform next season. And, you know, we talked yesterday about uh, Taylor Heineke and him getting another shot with the team. I don't know that Heineke's ever going to win you a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson might actually get you um, not, not just to the Super Bowl, but help you win a Super Bowl. So that's something. The Texans are just a mess right now. Uh, no question about it. Denver Broncos released cornerback A.J. Bouye. He uh, got suspended for six games in December for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. He had a lot of injuries, which is too bad because Denver thought they were getting a stud, and he's he had some really good years with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um so a uh, kind of a bummer for Bronco fans there. Uh, Buccaneers celebrated their their uh, their season last night uh, or yesterday during their boat parade, um, trying to keep things socially distanced. And <laughs> sure enough, video got caught of Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi Trophy to to Rob Gronkowski on another boat, and Gronk of course made the catch. But it's like, really? And I guess one of the funny comments I saw on social media just was. You know, Tom's got so many of these that he can just kind of toss them around like that. But uh, it's a good thing Gronk caught that. Can you imagine that if that had gone bad? It's like the University of Wisconsin football team after they won their bowl game and their their glass uh, glass trophy shattered. <laughs> can you imagine losing the Lombardi Trophy in Tampa? That just oh, that just would have been hilarious. I think the jokes would have kept flying in um, about Brady potentially not having seven rings anymore, or at least seven trophies. I want to talk a little bit about the Clippers for a minute. They're so interesting because they – Kawhi Leonard's obviously phenomenal. Paul George has actually played really well this season. Serge Ibaka was a good move. Luke Kennard was a fairly good move. 
I, I think the Jazz are still better than them. I don't know that I can say that about the Lakers just yet. Obviously, the Jazz have a better record and they're playing better. But I, I, I think the Jazz long-term are even better than the Clippers. Clippers don't have a point guard. I mean, you're relying on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to instigate your offense, and that involves a lot of isolation ball. And, and that's what Ty Lue did in, in Cleveland. It was a lot of Kyrie, who's at least can play point guard, and LeBron, who's one of the best passers. You don't have that in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard when you're going isolation with those guys. You don't have that with Luke Kennard as, as decent of a passer as he is. You're definitely not getting it out of Patrick Beverly. And Lou Williams might be the best in uh, guy that can set an offense up, and he's not even that great at it. He's more of a an isolation-type scorer. So Clippers need to go get a point guard. Um, I feel really bad for Carl Anthony Towns. You know, COVID's pro- – if there's any athlete that's been hit harder by COVID, I'd, I'd love to know about it just because I'd, I'd like to feel bad for them too. I mean, he he's out 13 games. He had really bad symptoms – had some really bad vitals some days, was a high-risk candidate. I think he's just glad to be alive, and the fact that he's already playing basketball again, gee, I, if I were him, I would have taken the rest of the season off, not just because Minnesota's terrible, but um, he lost his mom t- in, in the pandemic. He lost, I think it was six or seven other relatives. I mean, the dude has just been in the ringer for the Timberwolves, and I, I feel really bad for Cat. Um, I really hope he can kind of figure figure some things out moving forward. Um, I'm sure he's just glad to to be alive, which is something that you know we all take for granted every day. Yeah, unless you've had been personally affected by someone with this virus, I don't think we really can can come off uh, come off with that uh, like Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's he's got a very valid opinion on all this between having it and seeing so many loved ones lost by it. Good win for Iowa last night in college basketball. Uh, Luca Garza has kind of been struggling, and he started to struggle against Rutgers, but they needed a win. Uh, that's a really good win for Iowa, a team that, you know, they've got a good senior in Garza. That always usually bodes well for the tournament when you've got good senior play. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what they do in the tournament. And they, and they play in such a tough conference, and they're not Baylor or Gonzaga. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Iowa finishes out uh, the regular season there. Uh, teams in New York can reopen for sports entertainment up to 10% normal capacity. Uh, the Nets got state approval. They're playing home games in front of some fans starting on February 23rd against the Kings. Knicks and Rangers say they plan to host about 2000 fans at every game starting with February 23rd and 26th. That's one good sign. You're starting to get more people in these buildings, um, which is a huge, huge thing. You know, the jazz have opened things up and it was a good crowd the other night. I mentioned that yesterday or was that yesterday on the show? Yeah, yesterday. How how great it, Vivint Arena sounded, you know, with with four thousand fans, including Michael Pena in there. Um, so that that's that's positive. Some positive things going forward. And non positive news: Louisville having to cancel a game at Virginia Tech from Saturday. It's been moved to March third. So the Cardinals having uh, some some pandemic problems there. Uh, what college basketball team hasn't experienced that this season? Somehow BYU. Somehow BYU hasn't had a single COVID uh, cancellation. On their end, they've had quite a few due to some other teams not following protocols, but uh, overall, good job from BYU. Uh, one thing that some people might take as a bad sign, but I don't think, I think it's pretty indifferent, is the Raptors won't uh, go back to play in Toronto at any point this season. They're staying in Tampa, um, just with the how crossing the border has been so complex between the United States and Canada. There's no point in the Raptors going back up there at this point. Um, it was pretty obvious this was something that's going to happen. You have to isolate for 14 days. There's obviously no way that can happen with NBA teams. Uh, and 
the uh, Canadian government really doesn't want non-essential travel going on, which in reality, as much as we love basketball, it's it's not essential. Uh, so Tampa Bay, uh, if the Raptors can, they've really kind of started to turn their season around. Uh, between the Buccaneers and the Rays and the Lightning, that's become a really championship-oriented city. Obviously, the Rays didn't win the whole thing, but they got there. And uh, I think I think uh, that ought to be fun if they can start allowing some fans into games down there. We'll see if that actually happens, but uh, not a huge, huge shock that the Raptors have to stay in Tampa. Uh, some people might take that as a bad sign. I think it's just it's going to be a while with the with you know border travel and whatnot, trying to figure some of those things out. Uh, even once we get all these vaccines in people, Jazz back at it tomorrow. Uh, Twenty and five. They're taking on Giannis and Milwaukee. Is going to be hungry after their loss to Phoenix. I wanted you know Milwaukee to beat Phoenix, not just so it could separate them from the Jazz more, but now they're going to be hungry. They're going to come into Salt Lake hungry, and it was going to be a tough game regardless. Anytime you go against a former MVP who's still in his prime, that's that's going to be something that you don't take lightly. Um, be interesting to see how Mike Conley. Uh, does with his his hamstring you know is he ready to go is he able to to really put forth a good face so uh one bad thing coming out of utah yadoka azabuki has been playing in the g league he's been training with the salt lake city stars he's their first round pick had a pretty bad ankle injury yesterday he had eight points and 11 rebounds before he fell to the floor uh they have not announced yet the severity of his injuries uh we're hoping for the best but if you go and look at the video it Oh boy, it is not, it's just not good. It, it, man, I just really, really feel bad for Yudoka Azabuke because he was finally getting some playing time. Um, and so that, that'll be really, really, hopefully good news around the corner, um, for the Jazz and Yudoka Azabuke. College basketball tonight, the Utes on the road to take on Cal, trying to get some revenge. The Utes sit at 8-7 and seven on their season, and two of their last three games have been postponed due to COVID. Uh, so good matchup for Utah tonight. Somehow they lost to Cal earlier in the season. I shouldn't say somehow. They, they've had some really bad losses, and Cal was one of those. So uh, Utah's been very – I mean, their record literally says who they are. Aggies back in action next week against Boise. They had mass- matchups with Fresno and Wyoming canceled. BYU won't play until next week because games against St. Mary's and San Diego canceled. Aggies 14-5, BYU 15-5 on the season. What's on the docket tonight? Miami taking on Houston in the NBA at 5.30 on TNT. Toronto will be at Boston. Indiana at Detroit. Orlando at Golden State. Philadelphia and Portland, that's also a TNT matchup. Top 25 college basketball, uh, number 20 USC visits Washington. That's a late one. Uh, I believe that's a 8 p.m. tip there. Uh, Purdue taking on Minnesota. That is a 3 p.m. tip on ESPN2, so uh, pretty early there. You can catch Purdue and Minnesota in some good uh, Big Ten basketball. Locals, Utah plays Cal at 4. I believe that's on the Pac-12 network, and then Weber State visiting Montana tonight. For my picks, I'm going to take the Rockets over Miami. I just don't know that Miami's still really playing that well. Two teams that are kind of... Miami's starting to get things going. These were two teams that got off to slow starts, and both have started to pick some things up, but I'm going to go with the Rockets. Uh It'll be interesting to see if Houston does, in fact, trade Victor Oladipo again, and do they trade him to Miami, which is Victor's preferred destination. Going to take Boston over Toronto tonight. Uh, I think that'll be a fairly decent game, but the Celtics have got to feel really good to be back home. I'm actually going to take Detroit over Indiana. The Pacers are not playing well at all. Too many injuries, not enough depth. Uh, They kind of took a swing and a miss in a way with the Victor Oladipo trade just because Karis LeVert can't play yet because he's recovering from, you know, some pretty extensive surgery. 
Um, so that'll be really interesting to to watch with Indiana. Uh, Golden State and Orlando, I'm going to take Steph and the Warriors tonight. Philly at Portland on TNT at 8. I love Dame, but I'm going to have to go with Philadelphia. I don't know who's going to guard Joel Embiid down inside. These teams just played, I believe, fairly recently in Philadelphia, and Portland got a win without Dame and CJ, which was impressive, but I'm going to go with Philly. Uh, Top 25, I got USC beating Washington. I got Purdue winning at Minnesota. That's actually going to be a really good game. If you have some time this afternoon, catch uh, Purdue and Minnesota over on ESPN2. Local college hoops give me Utah over Cal. I think the Utes' revenge, get some revenge there. And I actually have Weber State losing at Montana. Uh, Wildcats, I, feel, I just I don't. I just have a weird feeling about that one. Montana is not, you know, the best team in the world, but this could be a surprise trap for Weber State. So I'm going to go with Montana. That's a 5 p.m. tip again there. And that's going to do it for weekdays with Wilk. We appreciate you joining in. We're glad you're in our system, right? Uh, continue listening. Continue to to get your fill for sports, and we'll continue to enjoy providing it for you. I'm your host, Tanner Wilkinson. Don't forget to love one another.